Welcome to the God and Cancel Culture podcast. This is Stephen Strang. Over time, when I'm interviewed by media, I often use it as a podcast if I think it's interesting and if I think my listeners would like it. Well, I recently had an interview at National Religious Broadcasters with a young journalist and pastor named Todd Coconato. He has a pretty successful podcast. I had been on it once before. And we sat and talked about a lot of things, but mostly about cancel culture. So I asked him, actually, if you listen to it, I asked him toward the end, I said, hey, I want to put this on my podcast. So in just a second, you're going to hear his podcast. I want to know what you think of it. And I also want to encourage you to share it with others. All right, everybody, we are back, and I am so blessed to have an amazing guest on the program who we've had uh, in the past, somebody I look up to. He's a man of God. He just came out with another book, and he's the founder and CEO of Charisma Magazine. Mr. Steve Strain, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. It's great to have you here. And um, so we're walking around NRB. Uh, what's your experience here so far? What are you seeing? You know, I'm amazed. I've been coming to this since Ronald Reagan was president. Okay. I was trying to remember what was the first year. Yep. You were in Washington back then. Yeah. And, um, you know, over the last few years, it seems to have declined some. Yes. And this year is like a sellout. Yeah. There's a whole new energy. I don't, I'm trying to put my finger. Maybe you can help me understand. You know what I was thinking? Because I was thinking the same thing. I think maybe because of COVID, everybody was kind of locked down for a while, and, and there wasn't as many conferences. And so now people are, I mean, because we've been seeing that at several of the different conferences that we're involved with, too. It's the tenants is up. Uh, you know, so it's just, I guess it just depends on which one though, because some it's not the case, but for this, I think this is kind of where everybody kind of culminates in the Christian media world and it's a go-to. So I think maybe that's what it is, you know. Well, years ago, probably before you were born, <laughs> the big convention that everybody went to was the Christian Bookseller Association. Right. It hasn't even been held in years. Yeah. Now there are a couple small ones that have popped up. Right. But NRB was always kind of the secondary one. Now they, I notice they call it an association of Christian communicators. Yeah. Which would include all of us who do print as well as broadcasting. Right, right. So, you know, obviously you founded Charisma. Uh, we're, we just talked about an app that's out. You want to share a little bit about that new app that you guys have? Well, we do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, or I should say, I'm trying to figure out all this new technology. My staff has it down pat. But um, we have a new platform. It ca- it's called Charisma Plus. Okay. It is called Over the Top in the industry. They call it OTT. Yeah, exactly. It, and we could do television, podcasts, stream videos, stream church services, uh, have a sense of community. So you could do church services on there as well. I didn't know that. Right. And, that, you know, after a while it becomes, you know, how can we use this tool to, first of all, advance the kingdom? Right. Um, you know, an awful lot of people here at NRB are probably good people, but, you know, basically they're trying to, you know, sell their new software or a lot of that going on. Yep. market their new movie or whatever. Um, yeah, but, you know, I'm just, we, we could live stream, so many churches live stream now, especially right. during COVID. Right. We could live stream uh, services from all over the world. That's a, a useful tool because there's churches that I know that are literally getting deplatformed. Uh, you know, but at first we were seeing more kind of fringe people getting deplatformed. Now it's really moved into more mainstream Christianity, where if somebody says something that you know the tech oligarchs don't like, all of a sudden their page is blown up. 
Um, so this could be quite useful for a church like that or any church, really, just because so, it's right. a safer place to live, you know. So we're just trying to, you know, kind of what I've done my whole career is is try to serve. We serve the conservative Christian movement have right. since day one. The, right. A lot of the Christian publishers and other broadcasters or other communicators are how shall I say it? They're moving left. Yeah, yeah. A few are going woke. Oh, and uh, I'm very conservative. In fact, I was thinking about doing a woke watch. And like right wing watch, but watching them, exactly. Yeah, because, you know, I think that the Christian community needs to know who is wolf in sheep's clothing. And Absolutely. these people are not necessarily bad people and a lot of what they say sounds good especially when they throw around words like justice right and we're all for justice of course and i have actually supported some of these causes that i have found are almost like entry-level steps toward lefty things yeah and in my in one of my books i actually talked about how some of the left the they will give money to evangelical organizations. That's right. And they call it rent an evangelical. Yep. Yep. I've heard about so this. for a couple hundred thousand dollars, just you know, fairly small ministries that for whom that's a lot of money. Sure. These people who are fairly articulate will say things like, you know, we think that we could learn some things, and church should not be so judgmental, right. and we have to. Uh, be concerned about these things. And I've documented in, in my book, some of them are literally fronts for the Communist Party, right. especially China. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's hard to really pin down, but there is evidence out there. I've been very careful. You know, it's not really my calling in life to call people out. Right, right. But the thing is, we have to... <laughs> A lot of leaders don't know what to do, so they look for um, examples. And if some pastor like David Pratt up at McLean right. Bible Church, which for years has been a very, very conservative um, church up right outside Washington, D.C. Right. That's the one that uh, President Trump popped in on. That's right. right. And yeah. David, bless his heart, <laughs> fell all over himself. I mean, he was the president of the United States. You know, I think he did... Um, I watched it. The week later, he preached a whole sermon to try to justify. He had so many liberals in his church just yeah. blast him that even had the president. You know, he didn't get up and say, vote for Trump. No. He didn't. None of that. But what, it was just, happens just the idea. To, you know, someone comes to church, you welcome him, you show him the love of Christ. You, you know, and his, also, you know. Uh, Trump had his golfing clothes on. He came from the golf course. Right. I think he said through part of the service. I don't think he said through all of it. And people said it was just a, for a photo op. I think that he was trying to make a statement that church was important, prayer is important, right. and so on and so forth. But since then, David Platt and one of my authors, Michael Youssef, actually uh, exposes it, has, has come out in favor of critical race theory and a whole lot of other things. Wow. And, you know, there is lots of room to... Um, have differences of opinion right. in the Christian community. My wife and I do not agree on everything. Right, right. Um, but there are some things that if you back, they're just wrong. Yeah. They're just wrong. That's right. It's I mean, it, it, it's almost like if a pastor came out 
and back the nation of Islam yeah. or something. Yeah. Now, that is not a big controversy or anything. Right. right. And, you know, some of the people are trying to sense virtue signal, they call it, you know. Yeah, a lot of that going on. But anyway, that's, that's a little bit off topic. I'm just concerned about it. Some of the Christian universities are beginning yes. to do it. Seminaries. It's, it's really bad in Baptist circles right now. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, the Baptist, as most of the denominations have started to go liberal, the denomination I grew up in, and and most people don't even know this because I don't trumpet it, but is Assemblies of God. Yeah, Foursquare. We've had some some things that were concerning. I'm I'm a Foursquare guy. I mean, you know, but I'm, I have to call a spade a spade. There's a couple things that have been concerning. You know, yeah. And what we need to do is discuss these things. We need to emphasize what the Bible says right. and basically make uh, make it clear that. Uh, we don't approve of these things. Yeah, yeah. There, someone said one time, you get the behavior you tolerate, and if in the body of Christ we tolerate all this um, unorthodoxy, if I right. can call it that, uh, people will do it. Yeah. Uh, it. Sometimes they're kind of like sheep. Yeah. They have to be led. And it's kind of like leaven. You know, the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Absolutely. You know? And in the old days... <laughs> We used to call it backsliding. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, if you didn't agree with the Bible, <laughs> you know, you're backsliding. Yeah, Nobody uses that true. term anymore. Right, whatever happened to that? No. And, you know, I've been around a little longer than you have, and in Pentecostal circles, it used to be considered liberal for women to wear makeup. Yeah, I remember, yeah, when I was a kid. And, yep. and, of course, that kind of went by the wayside, and then it was, you're considered liberal if you took a drink of wine. Right. I mean, it was just absolutely... Dancing, there were certain things, movies. I mean, when I grew up in on a really, uh, like a fire and brimstone, amazing pastor, but he was a little, you know... So those are kind of lifestyle things. Right. And everyone, I mean, I go to Christian weddings. In fact, all the weddings I go to, the people I know are Christians. And, um, you know, they'll have a little bit of dancing. Yep. You know, the, I personally don't really see anything wrong with that, Same but I mean... My grandparents would have been horrified. Right. They just would have. And so the culture has kind of changed in some aspects, but the, the more concerning aspects of what you're talking about, where there's an infiltration from, you know, communist China, Marxism, uh, under the guise of this, you know, social justice movement. And it's much, much bigger than the church. Yeah. But the left has controlled basically all the institutions for years. Right. This is not new. Right. The only two they didn't really control were the church and the family. Yep. And now there's an all-out assault. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, I mean, what can any of us do to stand up? But we have to, we have to stand for principles, for righteousness. Not that we're righteous. You know, the Bible clearly right. says that we're not, yeah. we're not righteous, only right. by God's grace and the blood of Jesus. And we need to not judge but we need to stand for something. And as people are standing, other people are uh, rallying to them. People right. want a standard. Right. So, um, you know, and a lot of the conservative, very, very conservative political people are actually open to the gospel in a way they haven't been before. That's true. Now, there's people on the other side that they're so gone. I mean, it, yeah. it's going to take... An act, almost an act of God or a, a yep. Saul of Tarsus kind of Damascus Road experience yep. to change them. 
but we can't give up. That's right. And a house divided against itself is not going to stand. And the church has a lot of division, especially with this woke culture that's coming in right now. So as far as what I do, you know, I've just been, I'm a Christian journalist, never a preacher, unlike you. Um, although occasionally I'm asked to preach a sermon, but I mean, I'm not a preacher. And uh, just trying to serve the Lord in different ways. And uh, recently writing these books, the most recent being God and Cancer Culture, which right. is really my way to deal with all the mess that's going on. Because the culture is canceling us. Yeah. To some extent it's been going on. But right. when I was your age or younger, um, the cancellation, a lot of it was by non-spirit-filled people. Yeah. Yeah. So within the Christian publishing industry of which I'm a part, there were stores that would not carry books by tongues talkers, oh, wow. yeah. for example. And at the big CBA convention, which I mentioned earlier, which is gone, yeah, yeah. they would never have you know, what we would call spirit-filled or charismatic right. Pentecostal which now is a speaker. massive movement. It is, yeah. but they wouldn't do it. Right. Because the, the Calvinists and the, that somebody would complain. Yeah. Well, that was a type of cancel culture within the church. Would you say that was like in the 80s, the 70s? When do you think that was? Well, it was, you know, going all the way back to the 50s. Yeah. People have become a little bit more tolerant because they found out that spirit-filled people uh, love Jesus. But there was a division within evangelicalism in the mid-1920s where part of the evangelical movement, particularly denominations back in the day declared that the baptism in the Holy Spirit was the last vomit of hell. There was a famous writer named R.A. Torrey who was president of Moody Bible Institute back in the day, wow. wrote a very popular author, wrote probably some very good books, but he said that. You know, of, of course this was long before my lifetime, but the Bible talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think people... Just in case that was an example, would stay away from sure, it. Sure. So there was a whole generation of ministers taught in seminary that Pentecostalism, the, and they would always call it emotionalism, right. because in the Presbyterian Church, you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, happening. you just sit there, and, right? You know, kind of just sit there. Yeah. And I, to me, I believe it's almost a form of racism because. Um, the Pentecostal experience came out of the black experience. That's true. With William Seymour, yeah. the shouting, the saying amen. Right. And whole denominations. Shaking, you know, and all that kind that. of stuff, right. of course. Azusa, yep. And so the, these people looked down on it because we don't do that in our church. Right, right. And, it, you know, it would be a very subtle subconscious form of racism. Yeah. Um, whereas Pentecostals embrace it. Well, yeah, I remember when even raising hands was like a big deal, you know, in certain churches. And now you see, even in like John MacArthur's church, there's some people raising hands. Yeah, and you things know. have changed partly because uh, of worship. Right, right. You know, just singing an old 400-year-old hymn may or may not be worship. Yeah. And people just in enjoyed it. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, Christian artists that have made a lot of famous right. songs, Matt right. Redman, and yeah. you know, on and on and on. And people enjoy that because people want to experience God's presence. Also, a lot of churches will, um, they kind of, they don't really talk about sin, but you can come to the church 
and kind of feel good with the music. Right, right. And you'll get three points on how to get a uh, be a better person. Yeah. Which includes being humble and being Christ-like right. and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then you can leave, and there's no change of lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, nothing said about abortion. Right. Almost never, even though the people in the church may be against abortion. I mean, yeah. it's taking of a human life. Sure. Almost always the result of sexual immorality. Absolutely, yeah. You know, most Americans do not get up in the morning and think, is there a baby I can kill? No, yeah. It's... It's an unwanted pregnancy. Right. And they're sold a lie that, you know, you're going to be better off if you just get rid of this problem. That, that's right, have. because it's going to complicate your life. Right. I mean, it's not easy raising a child, especially out of wedlock. Yep. And all the other forms of birth control didn't work. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's the whole thing. There's so many steps before you get to that. So there's yeah. hardly anything said about that. Uh, there's nothing said about same-sex marriage. Right. It may not be approved. Right. But, you know, they want to show love. And, I, and of course, we need to show love. Yeah. But what happens is you can go to an evangelical church and some charismatic churches where never talk about this stuff, right. except maybe in a class or a small group. But you can come and kind of feel good. You know, people need to touch God. Yeah, the full counsel. But they want to do it. They want to do it without... The lifestyle things. Right. And also in Pentecostalism, if anybody grew up in it or their parents grew up in it, you know, they suddenly they don't want to go back into legalism. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, some, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, it was considered immodest for women to wear sleeveless. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. And I was... How far we've come, right? I mean... They have, you know, where they have tops that are just, it's, it's a sundress like you'd almost wear to the beach. Right, right. And um, I think part of it, part of it is just the culture, it's okay with the culture yeah. and the church doesn't want to pre preach it. Right. I don't know why we're going into this, but I mean, yeah. these things are complicated. There's yeah. no easy answers. And, uh, but basically we need to, love Jesus, and we need to stand up to the culture, and part of the problem that we have is that the church has not been the church. This That's has right. happened on our watch. Yes. And, um, you well, know, now... Can I ask you a question on that? So I talked to George Barner recently. I don't know if you heard this statistic, but it's very scary. Um, 10%, he's saying, of America is now a professing, born-again, Bible-believing Christian. 10%. I mean, that number is kind of staggering to me when we you know, we're supposed to be a Christian nation. I know Obama said we're not, but I mean, we were founded on the principles of God. Do you think that's really the number that we're at 10%? And if so, how do we change it? Because we got, well, I, mean, I, I'm I in Nashville, they got a church in every corner where something's not right, you know? Um, you, you know, statistics lie and liars use statistics. <laughs> right, right. Um, having said that corny little joke, uh, George Barn is a wonderful man. Yes, he is. Um, but you almost need several studies saying the same thing. I remember when I was in college, which was a long time ago, they used to throw around the same kinds of statistics. Okay. And you and I both live in the South where yeah. there, there's a lot of hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. So even back in the day, People would go to church and they they'd be at the honky tonk living like That's the devil, 
getting yes. drunk on Saturday night. That's right. But it was Almost important. Like a time card, you know. Yeah. yeah. You had to be in church. It was right. good for business. It's like cultural Christianity, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is going away more and more and more. Okay. But also, there's this element, and I need to, someday I'm going to, maybe I'll do a podcast with George Barnett and ask him about yeah. it, but there are, uh, especially in the Calvinist section of the church, where they only basically count people who agree with their doctrine. Right, correct, correct. And so there are some people who quote those statistics who would exclude people like you and me right, because true. we don't measure up to their... Same, yeah. Especially when it comes to things like worldview. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of people who say they've been born again, but I think a lot of it is like a vaccine. You know, a lot of the thing about a vaccine is it gives you a little bit of the disease... Mm. So you get an immunity, so yeah. you don't get the real thing. Wow. And there are a lot of people who will pray the sinner's prayer as fire insurance. Sure, sure. They've been told that they won't go to hell. Right. So what's it going to hurt? Yeah, exactly. I'll you raise know? my hand, but then there's no And especially through. if you believe in eternal security, like the Baptists do. Yes. It's no, you know, why don't we just, check, just yep. check off that box? Wow. Now, I've had discussions with Baptists. Yep. That my theology... Is not that far from Baptist theology. Uh, and they'll say, well, you never really got saved in the first place. <laughs> but um, it's hard because as a pastor, I've seen people that were on fire that I really felt were being touched by the Lord for a season and then something happened in their life or whatever, and then they, they backslid. So, you know, were they just never saved? Or, you know, it's one of those questions in the body of Christ. It's hard to determine, but I mean. Well, me. there's, a, there's a lot of areas of life where this is the case. Right. Mar uh, married couples are in love and they get to where they hate each other and go yeah. in a separate direction. Yeah. You know, there's even some conservatives that have gone liberal, yeah. Yeah. you know, where they never conservative in the first right. place. Right. You know, there's usually reasons right. why, uh, why it's like that. So, Anyway, I was hoping to talk about my book. Well, let's talk. God. Let's shift gears. God and cancel culture. Why don't you tell us about your latest book? I loved the series that you did on President Trump. Uh, I thought, you know, COVID, obviously, I have a special place in my heart with that one. But there were several that you did that were amazing. Um, talking about President Trump. Now you've kind of transferred a little bit over here. But you're still talking about the similar type of thing where the cancel well, the, culture. The yeah. first line in the book is, this book is not about Donald Trump. Okay. Um, <laughs> At least in the media circles, right. I was kind of known as a Trump guy, and I'm very supportive of Donald Trump, but I was never in his orbit, never worked with his office or anything. I was a journalist trying to see where God fit on this, and, you know, I told the story, especially in God and Donald Trump, the first one, that um, there was a miraculous aspect and kind of what was going on in America, and this man who d did not fit any of our stereotypes, right. other than he does not smoke or drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, several divorces, and yeah. on and on and on, uh, that God had somehow raised him up. God, and, uh, God like trumpeted the 2020 election, uh, which came out about two months before the COVID shutdown, was an impassioned plea on what... Why he had to be elected because a whole bunch of bad things would happen. Well, guess what? I was right. Exactly. And then the second chapter was why he might lose. One of my friends who helped me kind of think through 
the direction I was going encouraged me to write that chapter. Yeah. I didn't even want to contemplate it, but I talked mostly about election fraud, and right. a lot of what I predicted came true. Yes. I did a podcast with it, um, partly because I didn't want to turn my strength report podcast. Notice how I kind of just <laughs> slipped that in. Yeah. I didn't want to turn it into a promotion for my book. So I, I had over a million and a half downloads. Wow on the God Trump at the 2020 election, yep. we left it online. But okay. since January 6th, or I actually, January 20th, the inauguration, I have done nothing with it. Nothing. Are people still downloading it and still listening? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Like 30,000 a month. And now they can see that everything you said is coming to pass. It's, you know. Right. And the, and the podcast were, you know, sources I'd interviewed for the book. Around the time of the election, I did podcast about all the, unknowns about the election and the recount and yeah. even January 6th and all that kind of stuff. But it was just kind of interesting. You know, we could take it down, of course, but it's interesting right. that people find it. People We've still... done no promotion whatsoever. Yep. You know, the other podcasts, and I have a new one now called uh, God uh, and Cancel Culture. It's a podcast? As a, a separate podcast. Oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, I interview people who've been canceled mm -hmm. Anything having to do with cancel culture. You know a lot a, of those people. Yep. <laughs> so give me some names. Okay. I'll interview them. I'm working with some different groups of people that are actually trying to do something. Yes. To change the narrative to at least hold the left to their own standards. Because yep. they say they're so tolerant. And to expose... Some of it is just stupid. Right. Somebody wears a wrong t-shirt to work. Yeah. Somebody uh, forwards a tweet right, or what they about do China. Media or something. Yeah, yeah, about China, and the company does a lot of business with China. And, you know, nobody ever hears about this. When right. you do hear about it, you don't know if it's apocryphal, if it's true. Yeah. Why are you going to do this? Poor person is kind of like unknown. I mean, what right. are you going to do? Start a boycott? Yeah. Over, and so at least we'll give voice to people. Yeah. Um, and I think that we there are things we can do. Uh, the book uh, was finished... Um, around May 1st last year, a lot has happened since then. Wow. And uh, so my podcast is a way that I can update I it update. in a way you can't sure. really update a book. People sure. uh, people go to my website, little shameless promotion here. Please. It's called stevestrangbooks.com. Of course, you can buy it um, mainly on Amazon, but right. lots of places. But on my website, which is my name, stevestrangbooks.com, Books with an S. Uh, they can get it half price. I'm oh, doing wow. a special. So okay. if people want to try it out, and of course it's available on Kindle and also audiobook. The audiobook's really good. It was read by I me. I like audiobooks. You know, yeah. what, is the, what, is, what is the significance of somebody that maybe hasn't been canceled? You know, why should they care about these people that are being canceled? Uh, because it's going to happen to all of us. That's right. Yep. And maybe not one by one by one. And also there's... Uh, Self-cancellation. I have the privilege, as you do, of being with Clay Clark. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken four times. Yeah. Um, Love it. And um, I make the point that people hear about Mike Lindell or someone getting canceled or a church being canceled or someone's Facebook being taken down, and they think, gee, if they can take down that person, I better not say anything. Right. That's what and we're so, doing on our side. Exactly. So now people are self-censoring. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, first, first of all, there's been some kind of cancel culture 
tyrants and all that. And really, what we're seeing is communists. Communists always cancel everybody sure. who doesn't agree with them. Yep. Well, Period. And, and now, you know, look all at that. communist China. They have the social credit score. Well, here we have the corporatocracies, which are basically enforcing a similar type thing. So it's not the government per se, but it's these big corporations which are working with elements of the government to basically do the same thing. So here you got the Christian community that, like you say, we're now self-censoring, not saying about certain things. Uh, very scary. And, and so what do we need to do to stop this? Well, you can listen to my podcast. Yeah. So the, in the book, do you kind of break down an action strategy and, and things? And not like only that, but some things are starting to develop. And it's a little hard for me to reel it off right now. But I just did a podcast with a lady named Heather Higgins, okay. um, who is working with some people to start a strategy of calling these people out, yeah. calling out corporations that do all this stupid cancel culture yep. and kind of letting them know. A lot of the corporations are afraid that Black Lives Matter or somebody will attack them. Right. And, um, you know, we can't boycott everybody in the right. world over every little thing. But if you remember in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah spoke to power. Mm-hmm. And then he sat by a tree and under a tree and, you know, wanted to die because he was so discouraged yeah. that he was the only one. Well, there were, the Bible says there were 7,000 who yep. had not bowed their knee to Baal. Right. And yep. a lot of people who have something happen to them, they feel so discouraged. Sure. Really, there are a lot of us, even even 10%. Yep. Still um, more than the, some of the radical left. It's oh, like absolutely. 3%, maybe 4 Right. You know? yeah. A lot bigger numbers. And then there'd be a whole lot of people that... Um, would agree anyways. Would agree yeah. that maybe pretend to be saved. Right, right. Um, you know, who go to church and they try the best they can, but... They're into pornography and whoever oh, knows yeah. what else. Yeah, it's a whole nother. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of people that were raised that way, and at least they just think it's wrong. Yeah. And and frankly, after a while, you get up to 50%. Yeah. And that's about how our country is split, 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just tipping one way or the other. Right. And um, and some people just go with the flow. Yeah. And they'll go with the good flow. They'll yeah. go with the bad flow. Yeah. So we've got to have a good flow. That's right. We've got to have leaders and generals like yourself that are out there saying, this is what we need to do. Here's the action strategy. You know, alternative ecosystems. You're developing the super app now where churches can stream at some point. Uh, you know, ways that we can get around the cancel culture. And that's what we're doing. I think we're in the process now. I was at a meeting last night with a bunch of influential people, and they were talking a lot. And I've been hearing this a lot. You know, these alternative ecosystems coming out from among them, developing, you know, alternative social media platforms, alternative media streaming like yourself and so many different things. And, and we can keep this going and get the truth out there around the prophets of Baal, around the fake news, around the, you know, the, some of the voices that are putting out the propaganda. Well, good for you. And thank you for what you're doing with Remnant News and everything that you do. Um, you know, you're a generation younger than me, and the younger generation tends to be more liberal. Having said that, when I was your age, I was more liberal than I am now, but that's a discussion for another day. So thank you. Yeah, um, it's an honor. We appreciate what you're doing, and uh, tell the audience how they can find all your stuff. I know you mentioned it, but just mention it again. You know, we do so many things at Charisma Media. Uh, if they, people wanted to connect with me, I'm... More and more, I'm doing stevestrangbooks.com. Okay. But my Strang Report podcast, which you can find on all the platforms, Strang Report is my name. Isn't that creative? Um, but I've been using that term for years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my staff does social media. I really don't that much. 
But um, I want to do a live on social media with you sometime. We need to do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> but, I'll do it. I'm, here's I'm me start- and Steve Strang. That'd be cool. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> starting to do all my podcast as a video. Okay. Very good. So we, we can easily do that on Zoom. That'd be awesome. In fact, I need to get permission. Um, I want to run this podcast on my podcast. Oh, we'd be honored. That would be amazing. And I'll just kind of set it up and explain. And then we'll see who gets more downloads. Oh, my goodness. It's on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, better, I'm hoping that uh, maybe it's just, you know, right there with each other. Well, we're, about getting that. The, we're getting the word out. <laughs> Different yeah. audiences. Exactly. No, it's not even, um, you know, that's the truth of it is, is that, you know, this is high time that we light a fire under the body of Christ in a good way. But, you know, we need to get actionable. We need to develop the strategies. You have it in your book, God and Cancel Culture. I highly recommend everybody get this book because I really think it's going to set us up for success. And we need to, you know, there's a lot of echo chamber and talking, but it's time for action, I think. And so that's what you're doing. Well, Mr. Steve, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. We honor you. And we look forward to talking soon.